Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, one of your hosts out here in Las Vegas. Your other host is on East Coast. That's Josh Applebaum. And in studio with us right now, a lively Josh Towers. Uh, Josh <laughs> Applebaum. Josh Towers, how are you? I'm good, man. What's going on? A uh, lot. A lot's going on. There a lot is. to get to. Major League yeah. Baseball. Uh, Josh Applebaum has a question for you. I'm eager to hear the answer uh, to this question. Yeah, so Josh, it's great to be with you. I had a week off. It's good to be back in the swing of things with you. But I want to ask you about weather and how it affects uh, when you were a Major League Baseball pitcher, how, how it can affect betting lines as well. You know, one thing I lean on is I like betting overs when the wind is really, really, uh, you know, strong and blowing out, you know, to dead center. So for today's game, Minnesota and Cleveland, uh, this game at Progressive Field, total open nine and a half. It's up to 10. It's now juiced up over minus 120. This is Gant against Savali. Uh, and the wind here, it's about 85 degrees. Wind's blowing out 15 to 20 miles an hour to deep center here. So uh, I got to play in the over here as a pitcher. Did you look at the wind direction, the wind speed, the, you know, the kind of the weather patterns as a better, it's important to me, but when you were playing, how much of an effect did that have on you? Uh, well, first off, I'm get, I, I mean, I'm lost in your baby blues right now because you got your shirt matching your eyes and I'm getting lost in there. You look oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, I see what a week off that's does. That's too much information it right is, there. It is. Oh, yeah, 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 I need a week off. Um, 
<laughs> much information. <laughs> See, I told you he was fired up. Appreciate right? it, Josh. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, that's why I was asking the question off air. Hey, um, that's too funny. I, you know what? We look at a lot, to be honest with you, Josh. Um, rain was a big deal because of what it does offensively and defensively. Um, getting the balls back wet. The outfielders don't like to go after enough balls. They don't want, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? There's a lot when it comes to rain. It pushes back. Things that really mess us up is time changes. When you learn pitchers who were very structured in time, everything I did was to a second. I knew the exact minute of everything I'd be doing. Uh, so when you mess with my time, it, it, it throws us off a little bit. Wind, I got to be honest, man, like wind never really affected us. It didn't affect me. Not that I didn't care about it. There's nothing I can do about it. I know it's the same thing probably with rain and stuff, but if it's blowing out, um, then I try to use my sinker and my changeup more, something to have a little bit more depth. Um, if it's blowing in, then I'm just very arrogant and I'm going to throw everything over the plate and just challenge you, right? It's a whole different story. So um, I didn't really think too much about this. If anything, it causes you at times to, to pitch in more, which is a little bit more intelligent. If you get some veterans on the mound that have wind, um, you can offset it a little bit. So I understand the thought process on overs, but it really does depend on the pitchers. So uh, in this particular case, you said it's the uh, – Savali's been good. Uh, again, he's just coming back, and it, 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 he's been so good on the year, and they obviously score runs for him. So mm-hmm. to your over, when you're 10-2 and two with um, – and, and, and lately, four innings, five innings, you know you're still scoring a lot of runs. So, again, there, there's run support for him. Uh, and then getting back in the consistencies of trying to get deep in the games. He's at some point going to hit a wall, so you know he'll give up a couple runs. It's really the Twins offense here. Do you trust that? Uh, and then, obviously, the pitcher for the Twins and Gant, we know that if he starts walking guys, the run's going to go up, right? If he's if he's in the strike zone, he'll be a little more successful because he does have a heavy sinker. I don't know if the win – factors into my decision in this game. I, I I definitely favor the Indians. Okay. Again, they support him. Gant has a good ERA and he can't win baseball games because there's something about that as well. Um I'm, I'm honestly Josh, I'm neutral on the total in this particular game. The wind doesn't do it as much for me. Wrigley Field is completely different because yeah. anytime yeah. there's wind at a field like Wrigley or New York or Fenway where there's no foul territory mm-hmm. The offense is going to go way up. Okay. Yeah. So as pitchers, I mean, it's 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 the ballpark and the weather more so than just the weather. Ballpark's the biggest yeah. thing. That's why I, I was you know kind of threw a tweet out about Adam Ottavino. Um, and in Colorado, I mean, listen, Colorado is an offensive park, right? But they have more foul territory. Mm-hmm. He was dominant there. He goes to New York, can't pitch well. He goes to Boston, he can't pitch well. You put him back somewhere where there's foul territory. I joking around. He said Oakland. I guarantee he has under a one ERA. It's just something about that. It just it buys me. It buys me extra strikes. Like foul balls are no mm-hmm. foul balls. They're no longer out of play. They're out. They're, it just changes the game for us. Yeah. Always interesting information. I, I knew I was eager to listen to that answer from a former Major League Baseball pitcher. So uh, in-depth answer right there, Josh. And, and from a weather standpoint, you have that. Uh, but from a consideration with a total bet uh, on the line, certainly you're going to factor in the pitchers are thinking about uh, the weather uh, as well as the ballpark. Uh, and then also, you know, you're looking at the fact that who's the lineup that you're facing Correct. to. So a lot of things there for Major League Baseball pitchers. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, one of your hosts out here in Las Vegas. Your other host, Josh Applebaum, is out in Boston. And in studio with us right now, Josh Towers, former Major League Baseball pitcher. Uh, we're going to go over the schedule today, important games. Uh, I want to start you off with Washington and Atlanta. 
Um, Atlanta is up against it. They had the door open, and it's still open, maybe a little bit wider now for that division. Uh, but an important game for them, and also their schedule. I mean, they got Washington, some easy games uh, coming up for the Braves that they need to capitalize on. Yeah, I mean, again, like go down that slate real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just look it at my phone. Then, then after the Mets, what they did to to losing to Washington yesterday, that's a series, guys. No longer do you lose that series. You have to win the series. You almost sweep at this point in the season when you're given so many games back. The Nationals aren't a game that you lose to, and the Mets go and lose that game in the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. Um, when when the Braves are coming into town to face the Nationals, when you're going to when, when the Phillies are going to Milwaukee, like you can't lose those games, right? So things to look forward to because we're looking at matchup play and and now Atlanta's got to be looking their chops here. We're going to get terrible lines like yeah, this. I don't like the minus two thirty there. It's too hard. I mean, yeah. again, it, we see what we're getting. It, it took it, in order. The Nationals are a very bad team. Mm-hmm. It took. Some seriously poor judgment on the Mets and bad defensive alignment without having a plan of what you're doing to lose that game. The Braves won't do that. The Braves are in a good spot. So now in this situation, when we look at this with Max Fried, who's getting better and better, do you? And they know they got to win every game. They're only one and a half up on Philly. Right. And again, you know what? You know who Philly has. Um, it, the Braves won't make those same mistakes. Yeah. That's what I'm trying. I, I, again, so like, do you want to lay run line? It's something to consider. It's I, I'm not the biggest fan because we're just trying to win the games, but uh, I definitely favor Atlanta and Max Fried in the situation. The kid started bad. He's getting better. Uh, Espino's been fine, but he's not going to go deep. It's a bullpen game, and now the Nationals are just trying out mm-hmm. guys, which a lot of other teams are. And then we look over the Mets, who they got Carrasco versus Cabrera. Um, you can't lose last game when you're facing a stud prospect like Cabrera today. Now you have question marks. Like, this is this is going to be interesting. I can see Atlanta flexing their lead a little bit, but this will be a telltale for the Phillies this series as well. Okay. And did Woodruff lose I'm yesterday? Wh- hmm. Did I, Milwaukee? They lost yesterday, yeah, correct? Yeah, they lost with Woodruff. And who was it? It was uh, was it Wheeler? Zach Wheeler. Yep. Yeah, yeah, dominating. And again. Um, jumping over to that game, Aaron Nola has to step up, and this is your ace coming into the season, mm-hmm. technically, who's seven and seven with the four plus ERA. Um, you beat a team with their ace on the mound yesterday. You might want to step up. Aaron Nola gets to now follow Zach Wheeler and see what Zach does, which he's been crazy impressive. Uh, hopefully, Aaron Nola's good enough to make those adjustments with Eric Lauer on the mound. This is a game the Phillies have to win. Yeah. I'm with you, Josh. And what's kind of funny is, you know, you mentioned that Philly Milwaukee game, same thing with the Red Sox and the Rays. Those are both pick them prices, basically. So if you can identify an edge one way or the other, to me, it's kind of right down the middle. You know, uh, you could find some value there at, at a really low number uh, in general. But, you know, one game I want to throw you, Josh, I always get excited when I can throw disgusting games at you and see what you think. <laughs> you made a joke off air that I, I love losing money. So I, I love that. Maybe we can win some money here. But uh, let me ask you, Kansas City and Baltimore here. You know, one thing uh, I've noticed is this is the exact same line over. Uh, opener and movement as yesterday. You saw Kansas City uh, win that game 3-2, to two, minus 115 favorite on the road. Same thing today. This is Coar against Wells. Uh, you saw Kansas City, again, like a minus 105 pick them, now up to around minus 115. A little bit of line movement here toward Kansas City. I got a system match, short road dogs off a win <laughs> that would match with KC. And then also, Josh, uh, looking at lefties, Kansas City, 24-20 and 20 against lefties, 28 and, uh, 21-18 and 18 as a favorite. 
Baltimore, as we know, 26 and 56, terrible against righties and terrible as a dog, 39-85. So would you go back to the well with Kansas City here or would this be kind of a layoff for you or do you like the Orioles in this game? <laughs> yeah, no, I do not. <laughs> Next time Easy you come to Vegas, we're hanging out, buddy. We got a lot to talk about, you and me. These 20 minute segments aren't going to get it done. Oh, no. You don't go near him with you, the blue eye comment. Um, I mean. Listen, just don't match your shirt with your eyes, and I'll be okay, apparently. I'm sorry, man. I'm hey. telling you. Um, I don't, he's got me flustered. Yes, he does. I know. You right started the show flustered. <laughs> Yeah, I'm on KC. How do you even look at this game with your matchup plays? You got to get that system thing out of here. I don't even know how you would go down and go, yep, that's a game I'm going to look at. Um, Alexander Wells, that's who's pitching for the Orioles. Did you know that? Uh, Because many people don't. And the same thing with Kansas City with Jackson Kowar. I I don't know how, again, I don't know how you can ever look at the Orioles and say I find value in them. It's so hard. You watch it all the time. They lost yesterday again, obviously. Um, at this point in the season, people are looking to the end of the year. Coaches are worried about getting fired. There's excitement of young kids coming up, but there's you don't know who's doing what and where. I mean, I didn't even – at first I thought this was Tyler Wells pitching. It made me nervous because he's been the best reliever they had. Um, this guy doesn't – he doesn't get out. So, I mean, again, he's not going to go deep. He's went two innings, two innings, and all of a sudden went five out of nowhere, and then he went back to two and one because he can't get nobody out, and now they don't know what to do. We're looking at a full-length bullpen day for the Orioles again, and, and we, we've learned that you can't trust anybody in that bullpen. It's just impossible. Uh, and it's not that Jackson Kowar – he hasn't really been any better. His last start was really good. He did have his first quality start on the season. Um, but they are a better team. They are a better coach team. Um, if anything – I mean, you can almost call it a pick but I just I don't know how we can ever truly invest our money on the Orioles uh, at any point this season. And, and now we, there, there's just nothing there that, that suggests there's faith in, in yeah. my money going. I mean, I'd rather throw it in a slot machine and not have a clue, to be honest with you. <laughs> Did that answer your question? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Okay. I'm on KC, so I'm not more confident, but yeah. I, I respect But at least the, on the right uh, side. And what are they? Plus, oh, they're minus 113. All right, so it's not bad. Yeah, you can follow, That's a fair line. You can follow Josh Towers on Twitter. Going, no, uh, don't, Josh. No, I'm quitting. I'm quitting Twitter. <laughs> We're going to get that uh, often today. Um, so the Giants. I got to talk to you about the Giants. Yeah. I ask you questions about the Giants because it's unreal what they're doing. Um, the bullpen situation that they had against the Dodgers, they get the last game. They go on a road, play a day game against the Rockies at home. Who the Rockies at home? They've been a baseball team. Yeah, uh, and they go out there and beat them. Uh, so help me out with this pitcher for the Giants, uh, Logan Webb. Now Chichi Gonzalez on the other side for the Rockies. We know what's going on with the Rockies, but it's well, it's minus two ten for the Giants. Eleven and a half the total. There was a couple like this yesterday. Well, actually, the last couple of days, uh, home teams that were just getting an insane amount of money. I think the Dodgers were laying something crazy at the Cardinals, mm-hmm. which was still kind of like, I think Michaelis was on the mound, too. It's like, are you kidding me right now? Like, when you, when you think about a game like this, it's like, all right, how do you not take the Rockies on value? Um, but Chichi Rodriguez isn't the answer. Okay. You know, he, he's kind of floated around. I, I've been in his shoes before. It, he's got to be locked in, and location's got to be great, and there's still not going to be much faith deep for him. Uh, Logan Webb has been awesome. Another guy that I would like to meet, actually, because I want to know if, if he's benefited from these guys showing up. 
and, and or if he's kind of been the leader of this team mm-hmm. and kind of like, no, this is my team. You guys follow me because there's something about this kid that's special, and he takes it personal on the mound. Okay. The thing I like about this as well is he's a heavy sinker guy. He doesn't have to do anything else. He doesn't have to offset his thumb or put pressure on my pointer finger or do anything else to make this side of the ball heavier. He already has that naturally, so he's going to get the sink that we need to where it should be beneficial in, in Colorado? Colorado to be successful, okay. right? Okay. Um, well, he would probably go, I would assume, heavier sinker than he would with the slider or something. Uh, and then, again, on the flip side, Chi-Chi's got to be perfect. So the, the Giants are clearly favoring this game. We're going to see offense regardless because of its, it's Colorado. Um, but 210 is just – that's an insane ask of anybody on the road. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't – I mean – I don't know, man. Maybe look at the first inning, yes, and see what that is and take that and just enjoy that, you know, expensive payday. But 210 is expensive for me. I do think they win. Josh, let me throw this late one at you uh, uh, with Oakland. Oakland's at home against the Chicago White Sox. I got a system match here on a good team as a dog in September when you're getting any kind of plus money on a team with a win percentage of 550 or more. You're like 49%, but with the plus money payouts, you're actually pretty good, like a 10% ROI. They're starting a kid I've never heard of, Jimmy Lambert here for the White Sox. Maybe you know him, Josh. He's going up against James Caprillion. But a lot of these books opened Oakland around minus 140. Now they're down to around minus 125. Oakland has struggled. They're 4 and 10 their last 14 games. And I think you're banking on maybe the bats of the White Sox to come alive here. Uh, White Sox are hitting 254 on the year, fifth best in baseball. Oakland only hitting 237. That's 22nd. So uh, do you see any value on grabbing plus money with the White Sox late night game here at Oakland? Um, I'm trying to pull up Jimmy's uh, minor league stats. He does have a couple of games in the big leagues this year um, in AAA. I mean, again, 59 innings, 44 hits, but the runs, he gave up a lot of runs, 11 homers. So one every six walks are kind of high strikeouts are high. I mean, it looks like Lambert has good stuff. It just, when he has to get an out, maybe runners on second or third or something, he doesn't know how to, uh, that obviously makes me nervous. Uh, Caparillion's the same thing. He's been struggling a little bit lately. He was great, but he gave up four and four versus Detroit. He gave up six versus the Yankees prior to that. Uh, so he's, and he's given up six at the end of July. He's kind of hit that skid where we've seen him around the league enough times where it's easier to make that adjustment. So not really a guy I have faith on coming into a game where they've been struggling a little bit. They're now in third place, losers of three in a row. Uh, the M's obviously jumped them. Uh, it's hard for me. Now, again, you're, you're back in Oakland, which is a little bit different. Uh, it's a beautiful place to pitch, so the ERAs are, are drastically going to go down at that point. But I also don't have faith in the White Sox right now either. Um, I, I like Again, I said it with the Dodgers. You see the Dodgers are piecing everything together. Mm-hmm. Their lineups are starting to be the consistent lineups we're going to see in the postseason. Guys are getting healthy. They're starting to play them together so they get the feel. We haven't seen that with the White Sox yet. They still don't know what they're doing. Um, and so now i got to go back, look at the last couple days. Have they used the bullpen too much? Because they'll be quick triggered to go to the bench here. Um, what is the line on this game? Blindly 119 plus on the White Sox. Mm-hmm. White Sox plus 119. It's, it's again, Josh, these are the tough ones for me because I, I would have to favor the White Sox, but I did say that I think that they're going to start to fade a little bit, which they kind of have them been playing, you know, just above maybe right at 500 baseball the last couple of weeks. Um, and you have a quick trigger with a young pitcher. Uh, again, this is a pick for me. I, I don't know what I like, to be honest with you guys. I would favor the White Sox just because Oakland's struggling, but mm-hmm. that's that's all I got. Okay, you got Toronto and the Yankees. Uh, Garrett Cole's on a bump at a big price, uh, minus 230 there for the Yankees for the game. Eight and a half is the total, but uh, two questions. Uh, one, Garrett Cole, he's locked in. I mean, Cy Young probably, right? 
He's 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 doing it. Is he? That's okay. a consistency. Like we talk about this all year. Mm-hmm. It's easier again. We catch the hypes of who's going hot lately, but yeah. we got to remember it's six months, mm-hmm. and guys like him are very consistent. So now he's back on the. I'm probably leading this train, and it's just he's he's so good, man. Okay, he's so good. The way that he's pitching right now, too. Yeah. So minus two thirty. I mean, and Josh Applebaum. Look, sometimes these prices. Uh, you look at them, but then, okay, you got Garrett Cole who's locked in, and, okay, wait a minute, I just want to cash a ticket for sure. Yeah. yeah I, Go ahead, buddy. I was going to say, guys, yeah, just real quick with the Yankees, big move in their favor. I mean, they opened like minus 185. They're all the way up to minus 220, minus mm. 230. But I almost feel like in, in these spots, it's almost good to buy low on a division dog on the road with an inflated price. Like if you're on the Yankees, you're laying minus 230. Number one, just from a baseball perspective sport, these big numbers, you got to win at it uh, like an 80%, 75% clip just to overcome the the big number to make it profitable long term. You may escape with a win here, but laying these big prices to me, especially after they've moved so much, I'd almost say like, you know, if you're making me bet this game, I'll take Toronto as a road division dog playing much better as a late getting a huge, you know, plus 200 payout there. So uh, that could be something to look toward. Um, Josh, you know, we're talking about uh, pennant races and stuff like that. I wanted to get your take uh, on this NL West. I mean, a lot of these divisions, uh, you have massive favorites. I mean, the Rays, I think they're like minus 2,000 to uh, to win the AL East now. But we still have a decent number here, depending on your opinion uh, of that NL West. You know, Mm -hmm. right now the Dodgers are back one game of the Giants. It seems like every day the Giants win, the Dodgers win. But Mm -hmm. it's going to take one slip up to get this thing tied. Dodgers are a minus 200 favorite to win the NL West, even though they're down a game to, to the Giants. Giants are plus 150. Josh, what would you rather have? The Giants plus 150 up a game right now? Or is it just, hey, Dodgers are a wagon. Eventually, Giants will slip up, and that minus 200 maybe is a low number. Again, on this, you have to go to schedule. You just pull up the last month's schedule and see how it favors. I mean, both these teams are, are, are doing what we just talked about. They're getting the consistencies of the lineups ready. Uh, no one's really been – I mean, the Giants have done a fantastic job of not overworking anybody, so everybody's fairly healthy with an idea of what they need to do. I have to look at the schedule to honestly see who I feel. Are the Dodgers playing anybody that's fighting for something or do they have some cakewalks? And the same thing with the Giants because at this point – there's been so many opportunities where we could have had the Giants at plus two, plus three, plus 400, and we could have had the Dodgers at plus two, plus 300. So there's so many opportunities where we could have had both sides at a positive number to where we're winning regardless that it's hard, again, for me to jump in randomly at a one-game lead with a month left and a, and a, and a vital month left, too. So uh, I would really have to, to deep dive into this if I didn't get either team at plus, um, in essence, two or more the last couple months, because that's the that's the cool thing about this is mm-hmm. we can do this all year. Yeah, is we can always jump on these numbers throughout the course of the year, because uh, we kind of have an idea at some point who's probably going to walk away with these divisions. Real quick, back to that Yankee game. The Yankees lost three in a row, mm-hmm. and we know how they are. How they get very streaky, and it doesn't really matter who's who's pitching. Steven Matz has been awesome, equally as good lately as Garrett Cole has been as well. Now Garrett Cole has given up maybe two runs per time he faces faces the Blue Jays. But the Blue Jays are hot. They're rolling. The bats are working pretty well right now. Um, And if the Jays jump early again, I think that they hold on to this lead. So this this is not a game where I would take Garrett Cole 230. If I'm taking this one, I'm taking Toronto. Okay. So both Joshes looking at the dog in that situation. I had Toronto yesterday too, which Mm -hmm. was – Plus one, like, wasn't this good. But what do we have? Like 138 or something. And that was a beautiful one. I think we completely overlooked Ryu and how good he is against strikeout 
teams like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so last night's game, I know it's a daily and a dollar short, but those are the things we look for as a matchup play when, when one person dominates. We saw it again, by the way, with the lefty from Tampa. Don't ask me how Tampa wins that game versus Boston yesterday, but the same <laughs> lefty, we, Yarbrough, we talked about it, Josh, Mitch, yep. our Pritch, um, he gets rocked versus mm-hmm. Boston, and he got rocked again. It just somehow Tampa Bay came back on that bullpen. Okay, let's end on this note. Uh, in terms of down the stretch with teams, yes. the Giants and the Dodgers, which manager uh, do you have the most confidence in that will get it right? Uh, Roberts will get it right. He okay. has the most experience. We've seen Cap mess up, but Kapler's also been a whole different dude. He has a better uh, people above him helping him out. Um, it's the team with mm. the experience that mm. I give the advantage to, which is L.A., All right. the players' yeah. I mean, perspective. If you're Roberts, you can't mess up that roster, I would think, right? I would hope that. <laughs> I'll take it. Thanks for your time, Josh Thank Towers. You guys. Absolutely, Thanks, Josh, Josh Towers. Yep, in, in studio right here. Uh, more betting across America when we continue the program after this break. That's next. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford 
Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Indeed helps you hire great people fast. According to Talentness, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you uh, on the show. And we had the nuggets earlier uh, on the program, Josh Applebaum from BetMGM uh, that you brought to light. And that was outstanding nuggets. Uh, some more market insight from BetMGM. Uh, the most bet overs right now for uh, the Lions are over five, uh, the Titans over nine, and the Broncos. There's the Broncos again, over eight and a half. Yeah, this is intriguing to me, Pritch. And by the way, what's what's funny is when we throw up the uh, the full numbers here, the Lions are both one of the biggest over bets and the biggest under bets. That makes kind of no sense <laughs> right. to me. So, like, they're one of the top overs over five. They're also one of the top unders under five. So, for whatever reason, maybe it's Michigan legalizing betting or just interest in this team. I'm fully on board with the under five. Even we mentioned earlier, under mm -hmm. four and a half. You can find that. To me, uh, yeah, you could lose if they go five and twelve, but also you're getting a plus money payout. So uh, the under four and a half would be the play to me with Detroit here. But um, I think a couple notable ones I like with the overs. You know, the Broncos make a lot of sense over eight and a half. I think that transition to Teddy Two Gloves really benefits this team because you, your risk taking is is really decreased here. Yeah, Locke has higher upside, but Teddy's not going to lose you these games. He's one of the best uh, you know quarterbacks here to bet on in terms of ATS. Great as a dog, great in general. So the over eight and a half to me, yeah, you're going to have to be in that tough division where, you know, a lot of people are really high on the Chargers. Obviously, you still have the Chiefs. Uh, the Raiders, by the way, Pritch, one thing I noticed there, uh, over under seven win total, pretty good bet versus dollar discrepancy. I think it's mm. like like 45% to the over in terms of tickets, but uh, like 60% of the money. So, you know, that's a, a team that we did a deep dive over the summer that is kind of right down the middle. Maybe the uh, that over, can they go eight and nine with that with that uh, Oakland team or that, uh, that uh, Vegas Raiders team now? That could be worth a look. Um, the Titans over is one that I really like, though. This is another team that we talked about. And when there was all that, um, you know, Carson Wentz news and the COVID, the injuries, all these things going on with the Colts, I took a shot on that over nine. I think it was juiced up like minus 130. Um, but that's another big, heavily bet one to the over. I just like this Titans team. And again, now some books are at nine and a half. So you've seen this thing creep up a bit. Now you're even minus 110. And I, I think if you ask a lot of betters, Pritch, would you rather have over nine at minus 140 or over nine and a half at minus 110? You know, it depends on your preference there as a better. You want to protect yourself, but also get a better number. But I just think with the Titans, 
I think they're going to feast on uh, kind of these cellar dwellers, the Texans, the Jags. Yeah, maybe they split with the Colts, but it's a team with Vrabel, uh, who hopefully is getting better uh, since his COVID scare. Tannehill also has an issue here as well. But to me, that's one that I can get behind. I, I played that over nine with Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good team that can win double-digit games, uh, especially bringing in Julio Jones. I like their offensive nucleus. I think if, as long as Brable is okay, he's not going to miss any time here. A good coach that I think knows what he's doing and can get you to 10 wins there and hit that over. Yeah, you know, in our pro football betting guide, some have the Broncos uh, challenging or making the playoffs. Uh, so going over eight and a half. Uh, you're looking at nine wins for the Broncos and uh, some news coming to light with the Broncos, too, and maybe why they moved to Steady Teddy uh, in terms of why not Drew Locke, even though Drew Locke played well in the preseason. You know, he's immature still. Right. And uh, they found themselves in that quarterback situation uh, with a r- wide receiver playing quarterback because of the quarterbacks and the shenanigans that they had as far as far as messing with their bracelets right last year trying to have the tracing and and certainly removing those and then hiding those and so you had a whistleblower involved I mean it was chaotic out there in Denver so it seems like steady Teddy has settled things down uh and now that that team could be focused they're a talented talented roster there uh in Denver so you look at that win total eight and a half uh that's something that I could probably back here uh, as we get closer and closer to the season I'm right there with you, Pritch. And again, from uh, from this, these numbers from BetMGM, that's one of the highest movers uh, in, in an upward direction here. A lot mm-hmm. of those openers were seven and a half yeah. with the Broncos, now all the way up to eight and a half. And it's rare you get a full, again, we talk about a full game move, but it, usually when you move in one direction, you'll juice up the side that you were previously at. This thing moved a full game up, and it's still juiced up over. That tells me that there continues to be liability on nine wins or more. You know, by the way, Pritch, uh, did they really think they were going to get away with that? You take <laughs> off your bracelets and put it in four corners of the room like you're six feet up. I mean, come on. Like, uh, I think uh, maybe that was uh, – I don't know if that was the reason why You know, they went to Teddy Two Gloves, but I think with Fangio, it's like – Okay, you know, Locke may have higher upside, but Teddy, I know what I'm going to get. He's not going to lose me any games. He's going to be a steady presence there. But I read that story too, Pritch. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Like, did they really think no one would catch him with that one? That, that To me, it's a that's a high school move there. You're, you're a professional. You can't be doing that. Something tells me, though, if um, the prior or previous GM was still the GM, I think they would go with Drew Locke. But because they've had a change at GM, head coach, and they, they enough with that, right? Enough with the immature or the entitlement Uh, We're going to move on to a player that we trust. Uh, And that's the most important word in an organization and any professional organization. Uh, Come up next, uh, we're going to get to some rivalry games uh, in college football. That's next. Football season is here and starting Saturday, we have new talent and shows to help you make the most of your fall betting action. The VSIN lineup will expand to 21 hours of live programming every weekday, as well as additional shows on the weekend. We want to give you the latest odds to stay on top of the in-game betting opportunities for every key game across the country. We have added new personalities to our existing world-class team, including former professional athletes, sports media veterans, and, of course, strategic sports bettors. 
Visit vcin.com to see our new lineup and talent and make this your best football betting season ever. Welcome back to the program. It's betting across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you today. Uh, so, Josh, these games in college football, it's never too early to start the preview of these games, uh, in particular big ones, w- whether they're a rivalry game or a conference game. Uh, in the case of this next one, you have, you have a great situation, I think, in the state of Iowa because you have a top 10 team still, Iowa State, and I did use air quotes right there, uh, against Iowa. And in Iowa, Iowa's a big brother, right? And Iowa State, even though they're ranked higher, the little brother. But I think in this situation, this could be very, very interesting from a betting perspective. So uh, Iowa State laying four at home against big brother Iowa. Yeah, Pritch, this is one of the most heavily bet games of the weekend thus far. And I'll be honest with you, it's shaping up to be kind of a really sharp play to Iowa State. Mm. Uh, I always look at, you know, overreactions to week one where a team maybe played terrible or played great or covered or didn't cover and the perception of that team moving forward and how the public is influenced by that. So we'll kind of look at this spot, Pritch. You know, you look at uh, Iowa, they won 34 to six. They kind of rolled over Indiana there, uh, three and a half point favorite. You're, you, you know, you win by 28. So they look really good. Uh, whereas Iowa State against UNI, they barely win 16 to 10. They were 20 half, 28 and a half point favorite, only one by six. So I think the the mindset here is, how do you not take the points with Iowa? They look great. Iowa State barely got by a team that they should have waxed and didn't even come close to covering against. Everybody has taken Iowa here, Pritch. Uh, I'm looking across the market. Almost seven out of 10 bets are saying, give me the points here. But what I like in this spot, and again, if it was Iowa State, you know, opening minus four or six and it's down to three, then okay, there's a line move to Iowa. That's not what we're seeing, though. Even though everyone's betting Iowa, Iowa State opened minus three and a half at a lot of shops. Now they're up to four. I see a couple books uh, that are kind of flirting a little bit with going to four and a half. So this would be a system match to me. Uh, Two ranked teams take the favorite, kind of in a fade the trendy dog type angle. Am I confident in Iowa State? No, they didn't look good. Iowa looked great. But here's the whole thing. If it looks fishy, there's a reason behind it. Everyone's taking the points with Iowa, yet Iowa State opened as a favorite, and it's becoming more of a favorite. Not a huge move, but again, the three and a half to four, even though the big public uh, betting here is on the Hawkeyes, tells me that Iowa State is kind of in a really sharp spot. You rarely get a favorite at home in a primetime game, a ranked team, when they're getting you know a third of the tickets or less. We'll see how this develops. Maybe it comes back a little bit toward Iowa. But as of now, Pritch, on a Tuesday, I think uh, uh, Iowa State looks kind of sharp here laying the points. Okay, because, I mean, the chance to grab four points, though, for a Big Ten team, and there's a lot of factors into this one. Uh, Iowa State started slow last year. They came on strong and surprised people, certainly. Uh, they had the top ten ranking. Now they're falling back a little bit or faltering a little bit. Uh, just based on perception, sure. I mean, things got to get better for Iowa State for sure. I don't know where the home field advantage is, though, because I, I played at Iowa State. Uh, I played in Ames, Iowa. Uh, and now they, they've improved that stadium, uh, and it's different nowadays. But it is Iowa coming to town. And, you know, let's, let's face it, that's Big Brother. They're going to bring a lot of fans to this one. Yeah, I think you're right, Pritch. So maybe not a huge home field advantage. which kind of makes it even fishier why you've kind of seen this move toward Iowa State. Like, if they open three and a half, and big majority bets are saying, give me the points with mm-hmm. Iowa. Why didn't it get down to three? Why yeah. didn't it get down to two and a half? It's going the other way toward Iowa State. So great point by you. Maybe it's not the home field advantage. Maybe it's Matt Campbell saying, <laughs> hey, guys, we got to wake up. We barely beat a team that we should have destroyed. Maybe that's a wake-up call they needed. You know, Pritch, another thing, I always look at the wind. You know, Josh Towers had a great point there looking at the wind at Wrigley Field and, you know, in baseball games, something to look out for. It's windy there with the Cyclones. You know, mm-hmm. go figure with Iowa State. <laughs> the wind's like 15, 20 miles an hour there. Yeah. Uh, and the total, it's like 45 and a half. I see some 46s out there. 
maybe get a lower scoring game here when with the under uh, with both of these cashing in week one a lot of betting on the over a lot of betting on iowa keep an eye on the weather there with the wind maybe you get a, an under opportunity here with that uh that in-state matchup there between iowa and iowa state yeah they have that annoying siren too um that was one <laughs> of our um rallying cr- uh, cries there i think josh when as a player uh, you're a Buffalo and you're playing in Ames, Iowa. Uh, the last thing you wanted to do was hear that siren. Uh, so shut them out. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, Iowa State certainly wasn't as good as they are right now. But, uh, you know, I, it, this is an interesting matchup, an interesting line right now, uh, early on in the week, Bo. But I, I just Iowa to catch four points, that could be an opportunity, though. That's, what, that's how I was looking at it. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you, Pritch. And again, let's see how the, this develops. You know, we read a great article from David Purdom a couple of weeks ago about head fakes and, mm-hmm. you know, how uh, early numbers can move one way so that Sharps can set something up through syndicates and maybe come back hard the other way. Uh, it just kind of jumps out to me that from a perception standpoint, I think it's going to continue to be, how do you not take the points with Iowa? Now, if the line moved to Iowa, there's something to that. The fact that it's going to uh, Iowa State, we'll see how this thing can, uh, progresses. If this gets to four and a half, I think that's what you're waiting for. Okay. If it gets the four and a half, even though everyone's betting Iowa, then that's a pretty good indication there. You say, wow, now I can get the hook with Iowa. But hey, you know, why are you getting the hook? Maybe that's continued support there for Iowa State. So again, I think the next few days will be very telling. We get to Saturday. Let's see where this thing is at. I think if it moves further to Iowa State, that's a good signal if you want to fade the trendy dog and take the Cyclones. Mm-hmm. I cringe when I say this, but they call it the holy war out there in Utah with Utah and, and BYU. I know, I know. Utah, BYU. Uh, so I, I know this one's going to be festive. That environment's going to be crazy uh, with the Cougars there at home, plus seven uh, against Utah, right up the street in Salt Lake. Uh, Josh, how do you see this one early on or, or, or anything notable about this uh, line right now? Yeah, to me, it's the lack of line movement. Okay. Why I kind of like, uh, you know, actually buying low on, on BYU in this spot. So you look at these last two matchups. You know, uh, BYU beat Arizona 24-16, didn't cover the 13 and a half there. Obviously, the Utes uh, destroyed Weber 40-17, to although they didn't cover the 29 and a half either. But what I like about this one, Pritch, big public betting on Utah. You know, mm-hmm. you're looking across the market, three out of four bets, laying it with the Utes. But they opened minus seven, and they stayed minus seven. It's always notable to me when you have lopsided betting on one side. Mm-hmm. Typically, majority of the time, line's going to go further to that lopsided side because the odds makers have liability. They got to adjust the line to kind of uh, limit their, um, you know, their liability and entice betting on the other side. Uh, it's not always that books want 50, 50 action. They'll take a position if they know it's the sharp side, but to me getting BYU plus seven, if everyone is betting Utah, why isn't this gone to seven and a half? Why didn't it go up to eight? I think buying low on BYU at home, uh, getting a seven to me is what I'm looking at as of now on, on you know, this Tuesday, if you still, uh, still days, a few days away. Still. Yeah. Utah quarterback, Charlie Brewer. Welcome to this one. Uh, again, this one's, <laughs> feisty uh you wouldn't believe it if, if i if i told you or described how the fans are at byu <laughs> josh but take my word for it this one's gonna get feisty uh looking forward to that game uh, maybe some more breakdown uh later on in the week uh, big treat here adam burke is going to join the program he's in studio that's next What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky, they're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. 
This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. No one raises the stakes for EP, EPL action like BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up for the BetMGM app using code VSIN100. And if your first wager is a $1 money line bet on any English Premier League game, you'll receive $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. It's a great chance to try BetMGM's one game parlay feature to make selections within a single soccer game. Once again, it's bonus code VSIN100 to win $100 when you bet on any English Premier League game and either team scores a goal. Just download the app or visit BetMGM.com. It's a new customer offer, paid and free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. 
Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you. And so is our next guest, Adam Burke, a sports betting analyst. He's in studio. Adam, how are you? I'm good. How's it going today, Pritch? It's going great. It's going great. Josh, how's it going out there in Boston? Oh, it's doing great. And by the way, Adam, you and I are working on the Visa newsletter. You've been doing a bang up job. So uh, congrats. Keep up the good work, my man. Absolutely, man. Thank you. I'm glad to be working with you. Glad to be working with Pritch. It's nice to be out here and uh, you know, formally meet everybody. I know. We did so much uh, remote work, and now you're going to be here uh, in studio or with Feaston, certainly. And uh, it's great to meet you and great to get some more insight from you because I've always enjoyed it. So uh, college football week two could be more challenging than week one. I think I saw Marshall and Navy. Marshall minus two. I jumped all over that. Um, what's standing out to you so far in week two, uh, maybe some games that you can mention. Yeah, you know, there are a few games I've kind of been looking at here, and, and I agree. You know, you, you want to look for those overreactions to what we saw in week one. Some mm-hmm. of those games that, you know, maybe didn't play out as expected, and so the market adjusts. And the market typically over-adjusts, you know, because we saw one data point. We've been waiting a long time for college football. So that's something that you really want to look at, kind of looking for some of those lines that – you know, probably aren't where you expected them to be based on what we saw in week one. And one of those games I'm looking at here for this week, actually, is Tulsa and Oklahoma State. And one of the big reasons why is because Tulsa lost to UC Davis last week. And anytime you get an FBS team that loses to an FCS team, that stink kind of follows them around for a little while. Mm -hmm. But when you look at that game specifically, Tulsa had almost eight yards per play, that 7.8 yards per play in that game. They're minus three in turnover margin. They had 12 penalties for 120-something yards, I think. So there were some outliers in that game. Statistically, they were the better team, but there were some outliers there, whereas Oklahoma State did not play well against Missouri State. They only won that game by a touchdown. They were a team I was looking to fade coming into the season anyway. So now that we're up to 13-and-a-half with Tulsa, that's definitely one of my favorite plays of the week here. Adam, let me throw another one at you. Uh, you know, you sent us our, uh, your notes here before the segment, and you were talking about the total in the Rutgers-Syracuse matchup. So I think a lot of betters are just saying hammer the over here. Rutgers, you know, Temple, they beat them 61-14, scored a million points in this one. Cuse had a 29-9 win in, in week one over Ohio, uh, two-point dog, one outright. But I think you had an angle on the under here, and I was looking at a lot of these books, like 52-and-a-half. Some of these uh, numbers are dropping to 52. I see a 51-and-a-half. So uh, what do you like about that total? And then any tips you have for for betters, you know, what makes you like a total? What jumps out to you? What are big variables to uh, to uh, kind, of, kind of stress to new betters? Yeah, you know, I, I think when you look at a total like this, as you mentioned, I mean, Rutgers had, what, 61 points in, in that week one game. They were also plus five in turnover margin. I mean, they scored a lot of points and didn't generate a whole lot of offense in that game. So that is one of those situations where, like I just talked about with Pritch, I think you get some knee jerk reaction, Mm -hmm. a little bit of an inflated total in a game like that. And Rutgers offense is is really not that good. I mean, in that game, they only had 4.6 yards per play and they scored 61 points. So that's something I think is really important. And in fact, I wrote about that over at vcin.com earlier. I think it was actually late last week about box score study, about the importance of going through, not just looking at the final score, but seeing why the game played out that way. Well, in this scenario, you had a Rutgers team that was plus five in turnover margin, did have some short fields that they were able to capitalize on. That's not a true indication of where their offense is actually going to be. Syracuse, yeah, they ran the ball on Ohio, but that's a MAC team. And, you know, MAC team, it's not as good as it used to be. So I think that the under is definitely a good look here in this Rutgers Syracuse game because we had some misleading numbers from last week. Before we welcomed you to the show, um, Josh Applebaum and I were talking about the Holy War which I kind of cringe at that, you know, BYU and in, in Utah. But uh, it is an intense game, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be on BYU's campus. 
uh, Utah is going to take that bus ride from Salt Lake. Uh, Charlie Brewer, the new quarterback there for Utah, he's going to be welcome to this rivalry situation. But uh, how do you see this game? How do you like this game? Who do you like in this game? I like Utah in this game, and, and I know that it's a pretty big number sitting there at seven. It was five and a half or so when it opened. Uh, certainly, you know, if you're able to grab something under seven, that's great. I actually have this game, Utah minus nine. And I will admit, I was higher on Utah coming into the season than the market was. Uh, my season win total projection was about a full win higher than the market number for Utah. So I am kind of looking to follow through with that. But I think Charlie Brewer is a really good fit for the yeah. Utah Utes offense. I love Kyle Whittingham. Very, very good head coach. Obviously, this game is very personal to both sides. BYU, I wasn't super impressed with what we saw out here in Vegas against Arizona. Mm -hmm. You know, I, Arizona is a team that was awful last year, has been awful the last few years. BYU wasn't as dominant as I would like them to be. And I think this is a big step up in class here against Utah. Big step up in class for Utah, of course, after playing Weber State. But I just think the Utes are just – they're a team I really liked coming into the season. They're a team that I've got a little bit of futures exposure on with their win total to win the Pac-12, stuff like that. So I'm going to see that through here. I know it's not a conference game, but I think Utah is well-positioned in this one. Adam, I wanted to change gears, talk a little bit of NFL Week 1. And you sent us a teaser that really intrigued you, and I think it's really important to stress – going through multiple numbers, multiple key numbers when you're teasing a lot of these NFL totals. I think a lot of people just say, I'll tease it. It'll give me more wiggle room, but you got to be strategic when you're looking at these plays. So two that you sent us uh, looking at, at Tampa Bay right now, they're minus eight, six point teaser. You can take them down to minus two. Why is that important? You go through the seven, you go through the three. The other one you mentioned was, uh, was the Rams, you know, taking the Rams minus seven and a half down to minus one and a half, go through the, you know, the seven and the three there again. So what's your approach with teasers? Why do you like these two teasers and any tips for new betters, how to attack teasers? Why is it so important going through these key numbers? Yeah, going through those key numbers is huge. And I mean, this is something that's been you know talked about for a long time here in the industry. It's called a Wong teaser going through three and seven. It's a very important thing to do. You want to get those two key numbers. In fact, interestingly enough, not that it's related to these two sides specifically, but as scoring has increased in the NFL, you know, you're kind of getting some additional equity going through six, going through seven, going through 10, those types of numbers as well. So that may be something that you want to take a look at here, specifically with underdogs, maybe in games with lower scoring totals. But as far as the Bucs and the Rams go, I mean, look, they're big favorites for a reason here. Tampa Bay has got a very, very good defense. This is an extremely difficult spot for Dak Prescott coming off the injury. Didn't really get a whole lot of game reps with the first team offense in the preseason. And you've got a Tampa team that, you know, I mean, look, they're, it's a banner night. You know, they're going to be fired up. Obviously, they want to start off on the right foot going for that repeat. And then the Rams, you wonder about where the Bears kind of are mentally with the mm -hmm. fact that Andy Dalton, I don't want to say just given the job, but you know, more or less was. Uh, the Rams, another good defensive team. But the thing for me about the Rams is, and this is a kind of a survivor angle you could consider as well, they're a stars and scrubs type of team, but they're healthy right now. So this is the kind of time that you want to play the Rams when you know that everybody's available. So whether you take the seven and a half here or you do the teaser, which I think makes a lot of sense, I think that the Rams are in a pretty good spot here this week. Yeah, the teaser uh, has my interest because I haven't seen the Rams. I haven't right, seen yeah. one starter for the Rams, and I get it on paper. They're supposed to be spectacular, uh, but yet they still have to execute it during the game. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I'll ask you, I'll kind of mm -hmm. turn around to you. I mean, you know, how much does the, that game situation practice matter, do you think, especially I, with a new starting quarterback? I think it matters a lot. I mean, we're seeing it in college football uh, in terms of whether or not teams are getting after it. Like Alabama got after it in camp, and it showed in the game. I mean, now everybody's like, okay, Alabama's going to win a national title already. Uh, and there's other 
instances of that way of other teams across the country that get after it in practice. But I think if you put the gloves on, the gloves stay on. And to me, McVay has done that. Uh, it worked for him. They got to a Super Bowl. But uh, you, you need to evolve from that. I think he needs to evolve from that. But uh, a lot of teams are adopting the philosophy of, like, we're not going to play our starters. We're just going to let them go week one and, and build on that. So I think a lot of teams could be rusty to start the season. Yeah, I think it's a good angle to look at and, and probably a good reason why taking the teaser protection with the Rams, you know, instead of laying over a mm-hmm. touchdown, getting them down to one and a half. I mean, basically all they got to do is win the game for you. Yeah. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Adam, right there with you. And just kind of thinking about, uh, you mentioned Survivor. You know, if you want to win your Survivor pool, you got to think differently. I'm looking at one Survivor League I'm in in Yahoo where it gives you the percentages of everyone who they're taking. The biggest one is San Fran. Almost 30% in my pool are taking San Fran to move forward, whereas the Rams, only it's only about 18%. So you can kind of uh, think differently, maybe differentiate yourself, use maybe one of these teams down the road a little bit uh, better. So again, I like to play survivor spots with maybe a, a spot here. I like your play with the Rams, whereas everyone's taking San Fran. Maybe the Rams are a smarter bet. Uh, real quick, uh, I know you like the under in Denver and the New York Giants, Adam. Uh, there's a big move on the spread, obviously, toward Denver, like minus one up to the key number, minus three. Tell me why you like that under 42. It looks like you're, you got a sharp number there because it's down to 41 and a half at some books. Yeah, this is one of those scenarios where, I mean, look, neither one of these quarterbacks is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't trust Drew Locke in the red zone. I definitely don't trust Daniel Jones in the red zone, even though I think the Giants offense could evolve a little bit here this year, you know, now with Joe Judge really getting to put his stamp on that team. But the reality for me is I think the Giants have a chance at being a top five defense this year. They are a really, really strong unit, a very stout unit. They could be kind of dangerous in that NFC East because of that defense. They may be able to steal some games that they otherwise couldn't have. But look, this is a Giants team that was 31st in red zone efficiency last year. The Broncos were 27th. I don't think we get a lot of red zone chances here, and I don't think we get a lot of red zone efficiency in this game either. So I do like the under 42, as Josh said, now 41 and a half, pretty much the predominant number. But I I don't see a whole lot of scoring chances in this game, Mm -hmm. and I don't see a whole lot of chances where these offenses actually capitalize. How about that? The NFC East is going to be known for defense. You got Washington, uh, the Eagles, they're going to be stout defensively, and now the Giants. Everybody but the Cowboys. (laughs) Everybody but the Cowboys, the favorite. How about that? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Adam, thanks again for your time. That was awesome. Absolutely, Rich. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Adam. Adam Burke. Take it uh, easy, Josh. Welcome to VEASAN. Welcome to Vegas, by the way, too. Thank you, sir. Yeah, there he goes. Adam Burke, outstanding analyst here. You're going to enjoy him uh, on many, many programs here. That'll do it, Josh. Fun show, fast show. Fast one, Pritch. I'm excited. By the way, if you want to sweat a WNBA play with me tonight, I'll just leave you with this. Uh, so Mystics and Storm over 164 if you can find it. So smart money to the over. Let's get some points there, Pritch. All right. Let's look for those. My guys in the desert coming up next. heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. 
Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. After six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.